Hi everyone, welcome back to the Quantum Heart Cafe. Um, I hope everyone has had a, a wonderful week so far. I know I've been, it's been a while since I did the last podcast. Um, I've just been really busy with, uh, I, I, first I was busy with school and now I have a big uh, kind of a life-changing event coming up. Uh, I don't want to talk about too, too much, but I'm pretty excited about it. It does evolve, involve kind of making big changes, so I've just been really busy with that. And then I, uh, and I also just wanted to finish the book on the Maria and Atlantis because I only had, like, I, I was initially going to do a part one last week, but I only had maybe a little bit of the book left, so I figured that I'll just finish it and then I can I'll do a show as soon as I can and just kind of talk about, highlight what I learned in that book about Lemuria and Atlantis. Um, but before I get into uh, tonight's content, I just want to start off with a little bit of gratitude and some nice breathing. I've been learning a lot more about uh, the importance of breath and meditation and just how what we nourish our bodies with, what we breathe the air with, and the air that we breathe and how we breathe is so good for us and so good for our connection with, uh, you know, Mother Earth and with uh, the Creator or the universe or God or whichever, whichever words you feel comfortable to use to describe uh, the unseen or the spirit world. And... And so I'm just grateful for that, and I'm grateful for all the, the just the really wonderful and amazing opportunities that are coming up uh, in my life, and I'm looking forward to the big changes that are coming in the in the near future. And if you can hear that, that's my fridge but buzzing. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the next place I go to, I'll be I'll be able to make it a little quieter. But uh, I just have to kind of bear with it for the time being. So apologies for the hum, but it's just the, the refrigerator and I, I can't really do anything about it. And, and what else? Oh, and then the coffee, I, I drank it all before I started the show, but the, the coffee, I had some really nice decaf coffee again. It's, it's still the Whole Foods brand. I'm still working on that uh, bag of coffee, but I, my regular caffeine, caffeinated coffee, I tried some from a coffee chain called Bean Around the World, and it's nice coffee. I, I really enjoy that. There was a Bean Around the World that I spent a good portion of my my 20s uh, hanging out, reading books, and enjoying coffee in that place is uh, Bean Around the World. I think they may have rebranded themselves to the Shipyards Cafe or something, but... Uh, I always enjoy going and visiting that spot when I was younger, and I was back there again last week, and I decided, because I was running out of the JJ Bean coffee I had tried out, which is also really nice, I enjoy drinking that, so I decided just to try some coffee from this uh, coffee shop, and or and just see how, how that goes, and I'm almost out of that one, so I think the next one I'll try out is maybe... Parallel 49, or sorry, 49, 49th Parallel Coffee. Uh, I heard their coffee is quite nice, so I'm going to give that a shot next. And with all that, um, you know, the coffee and gratitude, 
now I wanted to talk about Lemuria and Atlantis, which is the and it's the book that I just finished reading. Um, the the complete the complete title of the book is Lemuria and Atlantis: Studying the Past to Survive the Future by Shirley Andrews. And it wasn't it was an interesting book. I've I've I learned a bit more about Lemuria and Atlantis through listening to uh, a really cool. Um, I've learned so much from her. Uh, she's a, a a content creator on TikTok, and she talks about the astral realm. Uh, and her name is Sophia um, Astral Assassins 101. I'll put a link to her TikTok channel if anyone wants to check it out. And she talks quite a bit about uh, birthday portals and the astral realm and how. And I've kind of known about this for a little while now, but how the powers that shouldn't be. You know, they're, they're into the whole occult, psychic, and astral realm as well. They study that stuff. And if you don't believe me, just check out uh, this, all the universities and check them and check to see if they have a paranormal, or sorry, they call it parapsychology department. And that's where they study paranormal activity. And, you know, the, it has been documented that you know, certain alphabet soup organizations in the states, they, and also in other countries, they conduct research into the other, you know, the kind of the unseen realm. And they do study psychic phenomenon and so on. So it's not, it doesn't really, for me, it's not very surprising that they, uh, you know, study the astral realm and they kind of keep an eye on the astral realm, uh, and who's in the astral realm. And so I've been learning a bit more about that just so that I can understand, get to know myself a bit more. And that's where, um, you know, uh, Sophia, she was talking about Lemuria and Atlantis and how Lemuria, you know, was more, um, it, they were very, uh, I think they were like um, melanated people. I'm not, I'm not sure about African, but I think they might have been African. I, I, Apologies if I uh, kind of misinterpret that, but that's where I, I got from Sophia. And then there was the other civilization, which was Atlantis, and uh, the Atlanteans at one point um, kidnapped the Lemurians because the Lemurians were more spiritually developed and had more, uh, and, and they wanted that. Like the Atlanteans were kind of coveted the Lemurians, and they wanted to kind of interbreed and <clears throat> you know, kind of take over that genetic line. And, and then there were some uh, disasters, like Atlantis sunk and, so, and Lemuria sunk, and another name from Lemuria is Mew. And um, ever since then, those who are maybe descended from Lemuria have been uh, trying to come back together, I think. That's what, at least that's what I understood from... Uh, talking to Sophia, and so upon learning about that, that's where I started just uh, trying to do some more research to learn more about Lemuria and Atlantis, and I came across Shirley Andrews' book on Lemuria and Atlantis. <laughs> and um, just to kind of give it a, a reference as to where these two civilizations were uh, located on planet Earth was... So Lemuria, it looked like Lemuria was located closer towards like places like um, India and the Pacific uh, Ocean, and they were very. I think Lemuria may have been very close to 
like Hawaii and the Philippines and other uh, Pacific nations. And then it sunk through a series of earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. Oops, sorry, poor me. And it sunk, and the survivors of that from Lemuria went to different uh, continents. Or at least this is according to Shirley's book. The survivors from Lemuria went to uh, arrived in different places on the within the Pacific Ocean, and some came to made it to Peru and uh, South America and Central America, and then they also went to Asia, parts of Asia, parts of India, and so on. And then, um, and it was also speculated in the book that the Incas are descendants from Lemuria, and also Kemet and Egypt have a connection with Lemuria, like they, like Egyptians and people from an ancient Kemet, like they may have they may have been living on Lemuria, like they may have, they probably were Lemurians and they were probably the same, the same race and their descendants of each other. Um, I think according to Sophia, that's uh, accurate. I'm, I'll have to look more into it to uh, understand, kind of understand the ancestry a bit. Um, so if I'm kind of off about some stuff, apologies. I'm just, I'm just learning more. And if anyone knows more about those two civilizations, I, I wouldn't mind learning, um, and then Atlantis uh, was in the somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. I think that it was close. It was fairly close to, from what I remember from the book, the Caribbean islands. And then um, I can't remember if it extended all the way up to. I think it went all the way up to Britain. Um, and Atlantis, and according to her book, the people in Atlantis were a little more mixed. Like I think they. Um, there were, um, at one point the Atlanteans were very much similar to Africans and they may have been Africans. And then during their history, somewhere along the line, um, Atlanteans had, there was a split in the culture and the cultural values Like they had. uh, One group of Atlanteans were still practicing the law of one which is like a religious, uh, we are all one and we are all connected spirituality. And then another group um, split and they called themselves the, themselves the sons of uh, Belial or something, or Baal, Bel, pardon me if I mispronounced that too. Uh, and they were more scientific and materialist, materialistic, and that sounds a lot more like European thinking and Western thinking and kind of like the what we're seeing today with the emphasis on the scientists sign um scientism 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 there we go the emphasis on scientism and materialism which is pretty much at odds with mother earth and with living on a being on a living planet would have limitations and um so but i'll get to that in a minute so there there was a split in atlantis and you had the two groups and the one that was very militaristic uh i'm going to call him bell if there if it's not bell then i i apologize but just um i think that's i think that's might have how that might be how you pronounce them i'm not sure uh but i'm just gonna call him bell for now 
so Bell kind of took over from the people that were still practicing the law of one and they became more scientific they became more militarized more hungry for dominance and uh, empire and they you know total disregard for mother nature and you know abusing power and abusing scientific knowledge very selfish greedy and so on and as a result the island sunk uh, there was a big disaster, many a series of earthquake, earthquakes and volcanic eruptions again, and just kind of similar with uh, Lemuria, only that uh, Atlantis, and just like Lemuria, Atlantis sunk uh, below the ocean, and they're not sure, they're trying to figure out where exactly Atlantis is, like they're, I know there's been some expeditions and people looking and stuff like that, um, and uh both civilizations, from what uh, Shirley writes in her book, both civilizations were fairly advanced, and but Lemuria was a little more different. Like they were still very much more, even when the sons of Bell were kind of take trying to take over and so on. Um, from what I understand, Lemuria, the, the Lemurians still practiced, you know, that lot of law of one and compassion, and they weren't very materialistic they were more focused on spiritual development and um, helping each other and kind of more agricultural farming communities I mean they had technology but it was different it was more the technology that they made was more in tune with uh, Mother Earth like they weren't there wasn't any extraction or um you know, kind of uh, abuse of the planet like there is now or like there was with the Sons of Bell. Um, and the technology they worked with was a lot, mostly with crystals and working with crystals and, and geometric structures to work with energy to, you know, levitate. And that's probably how, like, I want to say that, like, I'm not... Okay, the universe is big and... Is there life in the universe? Probably. And there is probably, you know, extraterrestrials out there and so on, and that's fine. I'm not really going to focus on that. That's not something that, like, for this podcast, I'm not really interested in it. And um, whenever I hear, um, you know, people attribute the construction of the Great Pyramids or any big megalithic, megalithic, structures in the world and they said that aliens did it I disagree I think that um you know people civilizations back then especially African civilizations like ancient Kemet and probably Lemuria and at one point Atlantis but lost its way uh I think that they were so spiritually advanced that they learned how to use their minds and emotions and, and work with crystals and so on to lift these structures and levitate these structures using their, uh, collectively using their minds and their imagination. Our minds are powerful and our, our emotions are powerful. And, you know, I think at the time people back then knew how to work with their emotions and their uh, mental energy to levitate and do amazing things like that and you know it's not always it's not always aliens or anything like that I think that 
they were just so far advanced and you know whereas european uh, or western and european ways of doing things were you know weren't that advanced and, and i would even argue now that the technology that we have is so resource heavy and so dependent on minerals and fossil fuels i wonder how advanced it really is especially considering that like with smart cities and with this continued rollout of 5g and going all the way wanting to go all the way up to 7g and you know wanting to turn human beings into cyborgs like i think that that's the that to me that sounds like an extension or a descendant of the sons of bell like it sounds like you know Western thinking has lost its way and maybe even was lost for quite a long time just from what I've been learning about in history but it's it goes directly with against nature and against living systems because I mean in order to make all this stuff that they want to put on the world you're gonna have to have major mining or major resource extraction just to get the mineral the the rare earth minerals to do this and now they want to talk about now i've heard uh universities and scientists wanting to use fungus and you know biotechnology and so on to do the same thing and i'm just like these are you know why (laughs) i don't understand like it kind of reminds me when I hear that stuff. I, I just think about um, Doctor Frankenstein, and and um, oh, the late, what's her the lady's name? Mary and Mary Shelley's. There we go. I was just pausing to remember her name. In Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, uh, that's a really good book. If anyone need what is looking for a good read that's and it's important because there's an important lesson in that where the hubris of these scientists thinking that they can just mess around with fungus and mess around with whatever they want and create whatever they want with no consequence is pretty frightening and because they don't know exactly what it is that they're putting out into the world like they're just you know putting molecules and you're talking about fungus like these biological systems and they want to fuse biology with nanotechnology and so on to create these these synthetic organisms and we have no idea what that's going to do or what what other problems that's going to create down the line it's kind of like i mean i don't know if they they knew what this would the consequences of their actions but it reminds me of the scientists that we're working in the Manhattan Project on uh, you know, nuclear bombs. Like, did they did they not stop to think about what they were creating? And then, once that bomb was dropped, those two bombs were dropped on Japan and killing all those innocent people. Did they not, you know, think to themselves like, "Oh my God, what did I do? What what did I just put out in the world?" Like. And that's a kind of a sign of our times because right now uh, Aquarius has moved, or Saturn, sorry, has moved into Aquarius and some astrologers are saying that, you know, we're kind of maybe starting to enter into the age of Aquarius. I'm not sure if we're already 
in there or not, but we're kind of, but we're, we're the, we either are in the age of Aquarius or we're heading towards, like this is kind of the pre precursor to the age of Aquarius. And there's a lot of, you know, light-sided traits to Aquarius and uh, both Saturn and Uranus. Like Saturn is the old ruler of Aquarius and then, it, then Uranus became the ruler of Aquarius. And there is some, you know, light-sided traits to Aquarius. There's, uh, you know, chance for more spiritual awakening and I, I sure hope more more people wake up spiritually and realize that what's going on is wrong and it's fundamentally goes against the laws of nature and more people wake up and realize that western empire and western thinking is uh, goes against uh you know the life systems on on our planet and in the cosmos and that you know we work to change that. Um, but there is a dark side to Aquarius as well, and that is the potential to where human beings become assimilated into this weird world brain, almost kind of like the Borg in Star Trek. <clears throat> and, you know, we have a technological uh, dystopian nightmare. And that's very real, too. I'm not saying that that will happen, but the possibility is there. And I think it's important to be aware of that possibility or to choose differently. And maybe, had, I don't know, had the Atlanteans took a step back and realized, especially the Sons of Bell, took a step back and realized what they were doing is wrong. And maybe same thing with the scientists and the Manhattan Project took a couple steps back and, and thought to themselves, geez, maybe we shouldn't put this out in the world. You know, I mean, do we really need this? Can we find a peaceful solution? And actually, Japan was, from what I understand, Japan was on the verge of surrendering. Uh, I think there were talks of surrendering, and then the United States decided that they wanted to see what would happen and dropped the bombs anyway. So is that kind of an ethic? Is that sort of an attitude or a way of being that we want to continue to support? Um, you know, do you, are we... Because, or, or do we want to continue to go on and, and you know become assimilated into the Borg and that could happen? Because uh, Aquarius rules technology. It is one of the signs, it's an air sign, it's one of the signs that um, you know rules electricity, astrology, uh, and it would rule that if any, if there's going to be any sort of technological uh, dystopian potential, nightmare then it's gonna be with it could be in this age of Aquarius and each I, I'd say each one of us you know has to make a decision like what do we want to support um so and that's sorry and that sound in the background is just the water pipes going to um they, they agree <laughs> and so yeah it's just and that's kind of what really stood out when I was reading about Lemuria and Atlantis was just uh, especially at the especially learning about Atlantis and the latter and the kind of the the time leading up to the disaster when it sank and just how you know the they became like the sons of Bell just became very um, it became very materialistic and disconnected from spirituality and it kind of reminds me of what's going on right now. And, I don't, you know, 
like the you know we we have people in government and people you know with corporations messing around with the weather and it is happening and yes i will say that there is environmental degradation and species and uh you know people are losing their their habitats and uh rivers and oceans and the foods being poisoned uh, there is stuff going on in the skies and that's another thing that Aquarius rules is airplanes and uh, and Uf you know UFOs and all sorts of stuff so I think in order to navigate this strange time we're in like learning to kind of learning what Aquarius stands for both the light side and the dark side and just kind of thinking about like you know how like warfare is going to be waged in the future it isn't just so much going to be on land anymore like with what we saw in world war one and world war two it's going to be more a war for the hearts and minds for people like this is this is a spiritual engagement right now and i think understanding propaganda reading books and so on is is huge it's going to help kind of navigate these weird times that we're in because it's just the battle spaces in the mi our mind space, right? And also learning to understand frequencies and frequencies, electromagnetism and electricity, like I was saying, that's something that also falls under uh, Aquarius and frequencies, those are so important and they are being utilized and they do have an effect on our brain waves. And what was also kind of telling in Atlantis was when, when, uh, trying to lead up to the disaster that where the, the whole island sunk, the, it, you know, it was speculated by, by the author that because the Sons of Bell had become so lost and the majority of Atlanteans had become so disconnected from spirit that the weather and the planet kind of reacted to that. And that's why you had such strong explosive earthquakes and and weather patterns and you know and, and maybe that was one of the consequences was that the all that ener you know all that toxic energy and the uh, and the planet and the environment kind of reacted to that and maybe not maybe it wasn't the hundred percent the reason why the la the planet, or sorry, not, not the planet, but the island sunk, but I feel like it was a contributing factor to it, you know? Like, because the, there was so much toxic and, and bad energy in that part of the world at that time, that it kind of contributed to the Atlantis' destruct ultimate destruction when the earthquakes and uh, other kind of uh, planetary events were happening. And, I don't know, I felt that was pretty interesting. Um, but on a positive note, and maybe this is something that, you know, I mean, it's definitely something I want to learn more about and is learning, you know, <clears throat> that uh, in the book, Shirley was talking about how both Lemurians and Atlanteans uh, knew how to work with music and harmonics and crystals to help with healing and to help people... Um, kind of grow spiritually and that is one of the positive and um, kind of light side 
possibilities with uh, you know this age of Aquarius is this uh, is perhaps a spiritual awakening and maybe that's why the powers that shouldn't be are trying to ram us all through this uh, these plans that they have for everyone like the 2030 agenda where you own nothing and be happy and a 2050 nonsense all this other crap so maybe that's why they're trying to like you know they're really putting the pedal to the metal and they're trying to get this all this stuff out there to stop it um and i think that for those of us who can see even if we're kind of by ourselves right now uh just it's important to keep talking about this keep speaking out um and in whatever way you can uh whether it's through i, I do it through a podcast and maybe for you, it could be um, you know, just talking to your friends, or just um, you know being involved in community groups, and you know just handing out information. Who knows? It's it's up to you. But um, I think more the more people that say something, and the more people that become aware of what's going on, the better. And and you know I, I would love to learn more about healing and crystals and. Uh, spiritual growth especially considering I have European ancestry and you know for a long time I mean even before you know Christianity and Catholicism or although Christianity is kind of an out outgrow outgrowth of this like kind of going all the way back to the Ice Age when we were stuck in the it, it was up by the Eurasian steeps and it, it we were living in uh, the Ice Age and you know, there wasn't very much food around, a lot of stuff was scarce, and that's where we had a lot of trauma and pain inflicted on each other because, you know, we didn't have a lot of, I mean, it wasn't very abundant, so we learned about scarcity and, and hoarding and these dark-sided behaviors, you know, patriarchy and sexism. And then when we got out of the ice age um you know when it ended oh and another important something else that happened to us was that during the ice age because we had learned to live in such scarcity we uh ended up having like a uh what do you call it uh and it wasn't just an animosity it was deeper than that like we had like a we saw mother earth as just an object or we saw her like she it's almost like maybe we felt like she betrayed us or that she didn't love us. And so there was this great anger. And so when we got out and we, um, and after the ice age, you know, we, we came, we came down the steeps and we brought all that anger with us. And, you know, there was Colin and they, there was a lot of war and conflict and, you know, there was a lot of, um, colonization and, you know, the, Greek and Roman Empire uh, kind of came out of that and then Christianity and then all this other stuff that has brought us to this present moment and and, and I would even add now Atlantis and Lemuria to that and I, I don't know what the timelines are with all that specifically but I know that's kind of that's like in a, a nutshell in general that's what happened at, on that in that part of the world and, you know, I've been learning about that as someone with European ancestry because I'm just thinking, like, how can, you know, how can I break this 
cycle of violence in my own ancestry, in my own life. You know, I, I would like to live in balance and harmony with the cosmos, with the universe again, with Mother Nature. And uh, it's a lifelong journey, and it may take many lifetimes to reach that, but I think that the for me, the first step in my own kind of recovery and, and healing has been to acknowledge and learn about and educate myself on this, this history. And the history of Lemuria and Atlantis were also became a part of that as well because I feel like it kind of mirrors what's going on now and if we don't choose wisely like I think you know in the west our wisdom and compassion and love for one another really needs to catch up with the technology because this technology that we're putting on the world like it's once it's out there it's kind of hard to take it back right like we have all this like just think of all the electronic waste we have you know, and then we have co corporations that, you know, have uh, built in, oh, what's that word? It's like uh, planned obsolescence. There it is. Planned obsolescence. obsolescence. So we have all these corporations with planned ob obsolescence. So, you know, even if you have a phone and you intend to keep it for a while, maybe you want to keep it for five to ten years, well, you can't do that because the battery doesn't last long and the you know, the software updates break it and everything. Like, they don't, they just care about more and more money. And then now they care about more and more data and control and ultimately control of the universe. And I'm not joking. Like, if you listen to these technocrats, like, they they go to lectures and they do conferences and they're on YouTube. They're all available to watch. And they count on us not watching. Uh, and you listen to them talk about, like, changing human beings like it's a whole project to reprogram us and to change us and it's a whole project to you know go out and reshape the universe and our image so it's almost like there's this demiurge in western thinking like there's this weird sense to want to become like it's like a demiurge so it's almost like we want to and, and maybe it stems out of what happened in the past like where you know, we felt that profound dis disconnect from Mother Earth where we almost want to usurp her and become creators ourselves. Like, that's what it kind of feels like. So, and, and I mean, that's all, that, that last bit's a speculation, but it's just, that's what it feels like to me whenever I hear these guys talk about wanting to, you know, control all of life and have all these, you know, powers to do whatever they want kind of like in the comic books I guess um so but, I mean I don't think it's going to work because I don't know how you're going <clears> to <throat> you uh, usurp the universe and cosmos uh but a lot of people are going to get hurt in the meantime and you know we have a choice as to whether we want to go down that road or not I know I don't really want to go down that road so and I am grateful that I read that book about Lemuria and Atlantis because it, it's another piece to the puzzle. You know, it's interesting to learn about these ancient civilizations and how advanced they were and how some of them lost their way and the consequences of that. Um, but how some, a lot of them, especially Lemuria, practiced, <coughs> excuse me, 
you know, they they learned about crystals and they practiced spirituality. They took it seriously too. It wasn't just like a a passing fad. It was they understood the interconnect connected interconnectedness of all things, which is very similar to how a lot of African and indigenous spirituality, um, you know, they understand the the percep the connections between all things, you know, and how important it is to live in balance and harmony with the universe. Um, Western thinking, European thinking doesn't really, you know, it's at odds with that because we're so conditioned and used to thinking about the planet. And I even, I say that in that sentence, the, we're so used to thinking about mother nature as a thing, as an object. And once you see something as an object, then it's easy to justify controlling it. But if you see, um, mother nature as a living system, and that you know, living in it's, that we need to live in harmony and balance with her, then it totally changes the our perception, and we realize that we can't don't have carte blanche to do whatever the hell we want. Um, so I'm I am grateful for that book, and I think I will start exploring, uh, you know, learning to work with crystals. I mean, I do already do have some crystals, but I haven't really, you know, taken working with them too seriously. Uh, and of course, you know, doing it in a safe and a healthy way, because I, you know, just like with anything, if you're not careful, it can, you know, cause problems. And and I will continue learning more about Lemuria and Atlantis, and like kind of how Lemuria and Atlantis fits in with the rest of civilization. I know I didn't really go too heavily into the book, but I just wanted to really talk about what resonated with me. Uh, and what I learned in that book, and uh, some of my, and the same lady that I was talking about earlier, Sophia, who goes by Astral Assassins One Hundred One on TikTok, uh, she was saying that um, you know Edgar Casey and a few other people wrote extensively about Lemuria, so I'll probably continue doing my research by reading those guys. And if you don't know who Edgar Casey is, he's he was called the Sleeping Prophet. And he would go into these trances and then he would uh, provide people with information about their past lives, about, you know, future events and so on. So it was really interesting. Um, a lot of really interesting information, a lot of very interesting, and I think a very important information to learn because, you know, learning about like time and again, like this whole concept is time as, uh, as linear is really just a Western concept. Um, <clears throat> Time is really more circular. Like if you think about it, there's so much happening at the same time. Like for me, I have the I can have the perception of kind of linear time, right? <clears throat> Start to finish that kind of thing. But if you kind of think about it, there's so much happening at the same time. You know, there's so many other things going on. That's not really linear. It's more like circular. And there's like tons of. Uh, cultures and spiritual practices that know this and so uh and with that the the past and the future kind of collide together in the present and while we can't undo what happened in the past we do have some say in what happens in the future and you know we don't have to go down this road of you know the technologic <clears throat> borg society that these people want to um, manifest we can choose something else 
I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I do know that, you know, it may involve some discomfort and, you know, some a reckoning and coming to terms with the past. Uh, but I think that that, that second option provides a, a way forward, you know, you know, a way for life to maybe to a way from healing and a way for, um, maybe life to flourish, flourish on earth once again. Um, because I, I tell you, man, like I, if, this Borg type future that they want to put us all on, or they want to send us down, like that's the, de that's the kiss of death for life on earth. So it's really important to think about these things. And that's why, and that's what I was thinking about when I was reading the book on Lemurianne and Atlantis. And I think for next book I want to read is going to be on agrigores. I don't know if you've ever heard this term before or the term uh, thought form. Um, a thought form is, you know, something that we're thinking about in our head and we're thinking about so, uh, so much that it starts to create, it kind of starts to create its own energy. And eventually that thought form has the potential to manifest and it's really important because you know if, like for example if we're thinking bad let's say we're thinking negative thoughts about someone and we keep thinking about it over and over again and that it starts to become and that becomes like an energy and it starts to manifest and these things weird things start happening right and you have to be careful because you know you don't want someone getting hurt like even if that person's a scumbag like you don't want to invite that, um, you want know, to unleash something and that you didn't really intend to, um, because then there could be consequences that you don't know about. And then the, the, the opposite is true. You know, you can think about something really positive about yourself. You know, maybe there's something, or maybe there's a, um, sorry, that's my neighbors upstairs. Or maybe there's something that, um, you know, maybe you want more self-discipline in your life, or maybe you uh, want to create more abundance or something, you know, and then you start kind of thinking about that, and you can turn, make that into a, a loving thought form about yourself. I say about yourself because I'm kind of on the, I don't really want to, like, say about someone else because I, you know, I mean, it's up to you, but I just think it's more powerful to focus on building up yourself rather than to worry, worrying about what other people are doing. Um, so an aggregore is similar to a thought form but on a much bigger scale. It's like a, a community. Think about a corporation, right? Like there's the physical corporation that we see on the physical world, but that corporation also exists as an aggregore in the spirit world. And I would argue right now, like there is an aggregore out there that is behind all this, you know, techno logic crap. Just like there's an agri, there's probably agrigores be behind uh, the people that are speaking out about this because they don't want this. They, you know, they love planet Earth and they love the co they love our cosmos and they, um, you know, just despite us being massive pains in the ass sometimes, they love us too, and so they don't want this happening. So there's a lot going on in the spirit world right now, and I think it's really important to understand that, and um, it's really important to. You know, especially with Europeans, uh, people of European ancestry, and I know this is kind of this. It's complicated, as I said before, 
but to try and reconnect with our spiritual roots maybe and because we like the indo-europeans that came from the ice age because they came down and they, you know they conquered the indigenous people in europe and you know putting it uh lightly they uh, mixed with the indigenous populations and, and the women and so a lot of us have this mixed ancestry and so you know maybe it's more it's not so much connecting with the indo-european side but with the indigenous european side that used to be i mean at one point i mean it was african like africa and Kemet and so on they were all over over europe you know it's just think of the moors and think of other places too and so it's re reconnecting with that part and so it, you know it's reconnecting with our ancestry um reconnecting with our spirituality I, I really do feel like that's the way forward and um because i just don't and and that's why like i'm learning more about african spirituality and, and indig or african worldviews and indigenous worldviews so that i can help get myself out of that kind of european conditioning uh because a lot of it is just it just goes against nature like it just goes against um you know it causes disharmony and it causes an imbalance and i don't want that anymore um so you know, and then that and that's my journey and i'm just kind of sharing this with all of you and hoping that maybe there's something that you find useful from it um whether it's from the books i share or just my own thoughts anyway uh so that's the book that i'm going to be reading for next time i don't know because I have some also some exciting news where I'm going to be doing some interviews with people coming up. So I'm not sure. Um, so the next book review I will be doing is on the Agrigor book. I just don't know what date that's going to be exactly. But you'll, you'll, you'll hear about it when I'm done. I'll make a recording. Uh, and then I also have some really exciting interviews coming up. I don't want to say too, too much until they're like... Um, until I have some dates, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about some of the guests I have coming on the show, and I hope that y'all continue to, to learn and, and get something out of this podcast. And I'm really excited to do this and to uh, just to see what happens, and so I want to say thank you all for coming out to my show, and um, I hope you have enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the rest of your evening. Take care, and thank you for stopping by the cafe.